This season of Advent reminds us that waiting is part of the deal. Waiting is part of the deal. Still, we're often far too impatient, too eager for God to get on with it, to fulfill what God once started, as if we know what's best. There's a story of a man who went to God and said, I hear that a thousand years is like a single day. Yes, God said. In a million years, a second. And the man said, well, how about a million dollars? And God said, like a penny. And the man said, well, can I have a penny? And God said, sure, just a second. (laughs) Our text today remind us that God's time is not our time. And that what God values, often we don't value the same way. Our text this week can help us see that regardless of what we think, God isn't late. God isn't late. We're just over-anxious, and we need to be patient. God's people have always had to wait. It's in our DNA. It's what people of faith do. Israel waited in Egypt for 430 years. Moses waited on Sinai for 40 days. The Hebrews wandered and waited for 40 years to enter the promised land. And the waiting didn't end with the coming of Jesus. Indeed, the waiting goes on. We wait now for the second advent, for Christ coming again, for the fulfillment of God's plan, the new Jerusalem, a city made whole. But we don't wait idly, or we shouldn't wait idly. And certainly our commitments here at Richmond Hill help us to not wait idly. We pray daily for the healing of the city, and we act in ways that we hope bring about transformation beyond these walls. We trust that God is at work, even when the progress seems slow or the evidence hard to find. We mustn't be discouraged. The prophet Isaiah offers familiar and encouraging words, saying, prepare the way, make straight the path. Those who do, those who wait like that, shall have their strength renewed. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary, walk and never faint. God promises to strengthen us for the work at hand. It would be a mistake for us to look too far into the future, for us to be preoccupied with whatever happens after we leave this world. We must trust that God will care for us then, even as God cares for us now. God also cares about today, this world and our place in it. If not, Jesus would not have come. God would not have come to this world if this world was not loved by God. Our lives here and now matter here and now. And our texts for this second week in Advent make it clear we are to hasten the coming of God, striving for peace while leading holy lives today.
we're asked to wait for sure, remembering that we are living in God's time, that God has the bigger picture in mind, and we and everyone else are in that picture. God knows the past, the present, and the future and holds it all at once. But our perspective can only see so far. And God invites us to live with purpose today, right now. Now, Before saying more about that, I want to turn for a moment and look at John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist shows us how to wait. Repent, he says. This is the way. This is how you wait. Repentance in ancient Judaism was a turning or a shuva in Hebrew. A turning from anything that was not of God back to what God is calling us toward. Towards God's love and God's goodness. It's a turning from complacency and anxiety and impatience and self-centeredness. And again, turning to the source of life. Aligning ourselves in God's love. Following Jesus' example. His example of service and sacrifice. Commitment to the healing of others. To the healing of the city and the world. Repentance then is a call to action. A week ago I participated in an Advent retreat here at Richmond Hill. And in preparing for that retreat, I was struck again by the ways in which Mary acted. I think sometimes we get the impression that she was a very passive person. But not at all. She willingly said yes to the angel's invitation. And then immediately she ran to be with her cousin, Elizabeth. She proclaimed God's favor And while she waited, not knowing what was going to happen, other than she was going to give birth, she waited in proclamation, in proclamation of what God was already doing, in what she could see already being fulfilled through her and through her child. She proclaimed, you have looked with favor on your lowly servant in reference to herself knowing that she was an unlikely choice. But then she spoke further and she said, You have come to the aid not only of me, your servant, but your servant Israel, to remember the promise of mercy, scattering the proud in their conceit, casting down the mighty from their thrones, and lifting up the lowly. She could see that God was turning the world on its head that things were changing and would be changed. Our waiting has both personal and social implications. Mary models that for us. Our waiting, when it is proactive, participates in both the healing of our own lives and the healing of the wider world. Second Peter says it like this, In patience we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. But in our waiting, we are to strive, Peter says. In other words, we are to get busy. We are to do something with our lives. We can't be like those who hold up signs or paint bold letters on their barns that say, repent, the end is near. 
To preach gloom and doom does no one any good. Instead, we must act upon our trust in a loving God. A God who is engaged in the world right now. A God already incarnate among us. Even when the odds seem to be against us. We are to live in hope. Believing in spite of the evidence around us. While waiting for that evidence to change. Not passively, but faithfully. Engaged and involved. Our waiting is to be active, taking a stand for justice when we see others mistreated, working for reconciliation where we experience relationships broken, and pushing for change where we see life-defeating patterns at work. Second Peter reminds us to be holy as God is holy by showing love, peace, and justice after the example of Christ. We need even now to ask ourselves, where do I need to turn? Where do I need to repent? Where is repentance needed, not in my own life only, but in the life of the world in which I live? Where do we know that we're missing the mark? Where do we need to shuva, repent? There are plenty of examples. Where we see children denied equal education, where we see neighborhoods cut off from the basic benefits of job security, health care, recreational opportunities, and healthy social interaction, where we see lives traumatized by violence and addiction, malnutrition and isolation. We also need to look at ourselves. Where do I need to repent? In what ways am I being selfish denying my own gifts and giving those gifts to the world, or closing my eyes to the needs of others around me. In this season of Advent, we are reminded that waiting is part of the deal. God's time is not our time. We must be patient. But our our patience must not be an excuse to watch from the sidelines or to think only of ourselves or to become cynical or jaded. Live holy and godly lives, Peter tells us, waiting for and hastening the coming day of God when all will be made new. Until then, we're invited to turn again or to return to the one who promises to return to us. We wait for that. But in the meantime, our waiting and our acting must go hand in hand. Amen.